0: Here's a message from Ken Lavica. The
1: first full weekend of college football is in the books, and there were so many coaches that took a big fat L, including Brian Kelly, college football co- comedian. Joe Rigotti hit the open. On your mark. Get set.
0: Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. On ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us.
2: Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang
0: around with you. It's Ken LaVecca Live on ESPN 106.3.
1: Why did I almost call Brian Kelly College Football Canadian? That was a great start to the short week. College football Canadian, I do not believe. Joe Rigotti, if you could look that up, just make sure that Brian Kelly is not actually a college football Canadian. He is college football comedian, and he took an L even though his team picked up the W. Ken Lavick alive. Here on a Tuesday on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and on your smart speaker, Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29, hanging out after, uh, again, a full weekend of college football. The, the TV guys, the TV people, how much college football do they get to watch during the course of a weekend, Theo?
3: It's tough because we work the weekend so, you know, we're on air, we have to go out and cover events, we have to cover high school football stuff, but... Yeah. When I'm in the office producing my shows, always got the TV on as many games as possible.
1: Sometimes, sometimes it's a thankless job. And you think TV's so glamorous. <laughs> you think Theo with the, the the great white teeth and that perfect television look and that mm. amazing personality. You think all is right in this world, except he's having to grind away on weekends. On Sundays, too, and that's going to really hurt.
3: That's gonna really hurt. <laughs> see. Last year during Sundays, I was actually out of TV. I, uh-huh. was, I was, you know, doing my freelance. Living thing. the life, man. Living the life. Beer in one hand, mm-hmm. chicken wings
1: in the other hand,
3: <laughs> watching all of the red zone stuff. But this year, I'll be working. So,
1: well, we appreciate what you do. We appreciate <laughs> do you the appreciate sacrifice. I do appreciate. It. <laughs> I absent because it's better you than yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> Joe Rigotti, Captain Competent, running things as well. Uh, Brian Kelly, Canadian or not Canadian, Joe. Is he uh, of this nation? I found a Brian Kelly that was a wide receiver for the Eskimos of the CFL. The Edmonton <laughs> Eskimos. Got And that brings me to this real quick before we, uh, we finally get in here to coaches uh, taking the biggest L this weekend. Uh, I have a tie with the Edmonton Eskimos because when I was in college, I had a friend who was from Calgary getting married, so me and my buddies decided to take a road trip from Valparaiso, Indiana to Calgary, Alberta, Canada for uh, this wedding, so we found a bar in downtown Calgary that had a bus trip to the Calgary Stampeder CFL game that weekend against their rivals to the north, the Edmonton Eskimos. I got real drunk on Molson and uh, ended up taunting a group of Edmonton Eskimos fans uh, Mm. after the game Calgary won, and I was on this bus back to the bar and saw this group of Edmonton fans and said, you suck, go Stampeders. I don't know, I can't name one single player on the team, but I'm drunk and I'm happy. It's Calgary. <laughs> so I proceeded to pull my pants down and stick my bare ass out the window and uh, and moon these Edmonton fans. One Edmonton Eskimos fan had a gigantic plastic woovazella, wound up, and hit me square on my bare ass oh. with it and left a huge well. So that is my Edmonton Eskimos story. <laughs> oh God, yep, Ken LeVick alive here on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> so that was me taking a huge football L. College football this <laughs> weekend, there were some head coaches that took some major L's including up in Tallahassee Florida State Notre Dame was an absolute classic I mean that was a game that I did not expect to be close it ended up not only being close it ended up being Florida State really seriously having a chance to win and probably should have won that game then the post game came after Michigan State or Michigan State Florida State misses a field goal and uh, uh, Mike Norvell ices his own kicker. That's an L <laughs> where he proceeds to uh, to miss the field goal. He ends up walking off the field and ABC talks with Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly decides to say the following in the post-game interview. Here is Brian Kelly about his Notre Dame team. Brian, this game had it all. Yeah. What did you think of your team's ability to withstand Florida State's impressive comeback?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian, well done. Let's hear that one more time because that is him, I believe, paying homage to former Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach John McKay, who in the midst of the winless Tampa Bay season back in the 70s said the following, when asked about his team's ex- execution, he said, I'm in favor of it. See? Good, snappy comeback. This, again, is Brian Kelly's attempt at that joke.
2: Brian, this game had it all. Yeah. What did
1: you think of your team's ability to withstand Florida State's impressive comeback?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight.
1: Oh, Brian. He botched that terribly. You can tell that he had been thinking about that all over time. You can tell that he's like, if we win this, I definitely know what I'm putting out there. This is going to kill. This is going to be absolutely (laughs) comedic gold. And then he just butchered it. Absolutely fumbled all over it. It came out really terribly. Now, the younger generation is not aware of John McKay. Okay, They're not aware of... 70s Tampa Bay Buccaneers football, okay? They didn't live in a world where the Buccaneers were the every year the worst team in the NFL. They don't know John McKay saying, I'm in favor of it when asked about the execution of his team. So the backlash was there in typical social media, Theo. Did he just say he's gonna murder everyone on his team? Right. Because that was all over the place. Yeah. And Joe Tessitore did a good job. who was on the call at ABC immediately bringing up the John McKay quote, because I'm sure he knew that there was going to be backlash. Did he say he's going to murder his football team? But it still was a terrible, terrible joke. It was not delivered well. It's not funny either because Brian Kelly is still the same guy who is responsible for the death of a student assistant who went up in a lift 39 feet in the air in 30-mile-an-hour winds During a Notre Dame football practice that Brian Kelly decided that it was safe to have practice and put a kid up in a lift, and the kid died. So if you're going to make jokes about execution, like, fine. But Brian Kelly, probably not you. You probably shouldn't be the one making jokes about execution. It's not good reading of the room. And and poor taste. And also, comedy's hard.
3: You know, like, (laughs) everybody can't be a comedian. It's not for everyone, exactly. (laughs) And he stepped up to the plate, and like you said, he had it queued up in his mind. She asked the question that had mm. nothing to do with what he was about to say, but he mm. knew before she asked that question, he knew exactly what he was going to say.
1: So Brian Kelly taking a major, major L, but one of several coaches who took an L this weekend. Which college football coach took the biggest L in the first full weekend of the college football season? 888-760-3776. 760 3776 And on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm, which college football coach Took the biggest loss this weekend because now I want to bring to the table, I want to present to you Ed Orgeron, the head coach at LSU. So, LSU went into Southern California. They're looking to bounce back from a disappointing season a year ago. Ed Orgeron trying to restore the program to the national championship glory that it had two seasons ago. He's feeling feisty, he's feeling fiery. And so, he's walking in to the Rose Bowl on uh, Saturday in advance of this LSU-UCLA matchup, and he gets heckled. He gets heckled by a UCLA fan who is wearing a UCLA powder blue shirt. This was Ed Orgeron's response to said fan. Hey, hey, bring your
0: ass on. Bring your ass on you little sissy blue shirt.
1: Let's hear that one more time. This is Ed Orgeron threatening a fan who is wearing his sissy blue shirt.
0: Hey, hey! Bring your ass on! Bring your ass on, you little sissy
1: blue shirt. Uh, Ed. So Ed was feeling cocky. Ed was feeling like, all right, let's go, let's brawl. And then the game happened, and number sixteen LSU was dominated in really every respect by a suddenly relearned how to coach Chip Kelly, and UCLA rolled thirty-eight to twenty-seven. So UCLA has been trolling Ed Orgeron all weekend long. They have made. Uh sissy blue shirt t shirts. They've made it the header on Twitter. They have mocked LSU for that uh, that that gat dance that they did two the years. Get. Yep. yep. <laughs> they UCLA players mocking LSU players with at Orgeron's come down here with your sissy blue shirt. Uh over it. Uh, It has been a bad weekend for LSU. That is a major L. And when your coach comes in and starts trash-talking fans, and then your team gets trashed, Mm. that makes for a very bad weekend.
3: That's tough, because if you're going to engage a fan, you better be damn confident that your team's going to go out there and execute. Yeah, yeah. And he got caught on video doing it. Like, (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, man. But yeah, LSU was falling off. Last year was bad. This year might be even worse. What a way to start the year.
1: They did not look good at all. LSU looked real bad. But also... There's the Miami Hurricanes. Mm, don't do this to me. That was um that was as listless and as conservative a game plan as you could have ever dreamed of. I didn't think that there was going to be any realistic way that Miami would go into Atlanta and be flat. How is that possible? You spend weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks preparing for. Arguably the greatest opportunity of your football life. And I'm not saying that Miami would even be able to compete against Alabama. But the play calling was so embarrassingly vanilla. Mm. It's almost like they were afraid to even take a chance. Afraid to make a mistake. Manny Diaz had a team go in there that looked like it actually was not excited to play Alabama. And it flies in the face of everything I thought I knew about Manny Diaz and what I still thought about that Hurricanes program. Is Miami still going to compete for an ACC Coastal Championship? Absolutely. Was Saturday a damning indictment of Manny Diaz and his ability to prepare a team against a championship caliber college football program? It absolutely was. That was extremely poor. That was a massive loss, not from a a record standpoint, but from a how-it-looked perspective for Manny Diaz. Definitely, and I'm a Canes fan, through and through. And when I saw us on,
3: I think it was third and six on the opening drive for us, we're down seven. Alabama had drove it down the field with ease and scored. And we did a run play. Yep. On third and like six or seven. a little draw. We went in there with the idea of we don't want to get embarrassed. We want to be close enough to say that Miami might be back again. And yep. that was disheartening as a fan because I could tell that they weren't they
1: had no belief that they could win that game. It was just run, 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 yeah. run. I mean, I Brent Lashley, who has this reputation as speed it up, get tempo going. He's got Dierick King there. Oh my god. And it was it was like they were scared. It's like they didn't want to test Alabama's secondary. They let Alabama come out and just punch them over and over and over again and the offense never stayed on the field they didn't try and push anything there was nothing exotic there was very little motion it was listless yeah i cannot believe a miami hurricanes team went to atlanta and again they were going to get beat down
3: oh yeah they Either were going to get beaten
1: down yeah but it's so much more palatable if you at least go down swinging that was Oh, we're here. Let's just make sure that we get through these four quarters. And all right, well, let's get ready for Appalachian State next week. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I as, a, as a Hurricanes follower, that was, um, that was concerning because, again, you're not expecting to win, but you are expecting not even to compete, you're not expecting to stay within three scores. But there are better ways to do it than just playing scared. Playing to avoid injury. Why do we
3: schedule Bama anyways? Then if that was we, if you're gonna try the team out and do that, and also is Derek King healthy? Because all of those read options, it didn't even seem like he it looked like he was protecting holding.
1: his body. Exactly.
3: Yeah, they just, he just handed it off It yep. faked like he was. Like I, I was definitely. Hopefully, what they were doing, protecting the playbook. I mean, we got Michigan State in a couple weeks, whatever. We got North Carolina, who's gonna be a revenge game down the line. Hopefully, we show some more life in those games. Yeah. But don't schedule Bama week one if you're going to roll out and do that.
1: I mean, that was just, it, it was really, really, really uh, concerning. Again, because it didn't look like they were excited for that. They looked mm. tepid. They looked scared. Not the players necessarily, but the preparation, the play calling, the coaching, all of it was scared. That was a big loss for Manny Diaz. Which college football coach took the biggest L this weekend? 888 760 888 760 3776 and tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Which college football coach took the biggest loss? Let's go to Twitter here at ESPN West Palm. Uh, and uh, we have uh, LM Sports Talk who tweets, It's easy, that's Randy Edsel. He lost his job. So, <laughs> UConn football, and we're not going to spend a lot of time ever in life talking about Yukon football, but that program is horrendous i mean absolutely horrendous they lose bad to holy cross 38 to 28 uh, an fcs school fresno state beat them down the week before uconn has become the sacrificial lamb of college football randy etzel who the last time uconn was even remotely relevant was the head coach left came back 63 years old announced after the holy cross loss I'm going to retire at the end of the season. That lasted about 10 hours because then he met with the athletic director and the university president, and they said, actually, no, you're going to retire now. <laughs> and so Randy Etzel is out of a job. He took a big loss this week, and his team is Horrendously bad. That program probably they should consider just scrapping the entire thing at this point. Nobody wants to play at UConn. Nobody wants to coach UConn. Nobody really cares about UConn football. Probably time to make some tough decisions. But Randy Edsel out of a job. I guess that's the ultimate Big L this weekend.
3: Yeah. And how do you recover a program like that in that area of the country? Like when it's such a laughingstock at this point? Like, is it recoverable?
1: Do yeah. you just scrap it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it probably, you're not competing against anybody at you're all. You're not getting good recruits at all. Mm. It's just, it's a, it's a, a fruitless uh, endeavor. Like, there's no way that they ever get back to anything serviceable. Uh, and then there's Mike Norvell, who I honestly believe, if he doesn't do this drama, big act, who's our quarterback leading up to kickoff against Notre Dame on Sunday, and ends up either picking a quarterback beforehand or picking the right quarterback, Mackenzie Milton. And I'm sorry, I, I know that Jordan Travis is a local guy, Benjamin, Benjamin guy, right? yeah. but he's not Mackenzie Milton. Even Mackenzie Milton with bionic knee, he's not Mackenzie Milton. Mm. He's just not. That guy is a winner. That guy can still make throws. And uh, I I just, Mike Norvell made the wrong decision I know that he tried to explain after the game that, oh, he he got better in a lot of areas and he had a really good fall camp. All right, but Mackenzie Milton has, has won the biggest games. If he can move, which it appears he still can, he has so much better of an arm, so much better accuracy than Jordan Travis does. Mike Norvell picked the wrong quarterback, and it showed in the fourth quarter. If he picks the right quarterback, Notre Dame probably gets upset in Tallahassee. Yeah, that's a national championship-winning quarterback, yeah, McKenzie yeah, Milton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ask him. Ask them. Yeah. And that was an uplifting moment. But past that, from a competitive standpoint, you think Notre Dame for four quarters is able to, to withstand the onslaught of McKenzie Milton, that arm, his ability to still move, get out of the pocket, make things happen? It, the whole game changed once he came in. You're down 18, and then McKenzie Milton starts to fire away. He's the starting quarterback for Florida State. Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. He has to be.
3: He earned the job there. He probably should have had it already, like you said. He earned the job there. Florida State still could have won that game. Uh Ryan Fitzgerald, the kicker, one of my guys, I covered him in high school. You know, he gets uh, you know, a little dramatic ending there, misses mm-hmm. that field goal. That's a and that's a chip shot for him. He
1: made the first one Yeah, and his coach called timeout, Mike Norvell, another L. Another L. In what was a Sunday of Ls for Florida State, but I guess if you're Florida State, you're reduced to feel good losses and I suppose that's a feel good loss yeah. on Sunday.
3: For a program like that. They 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 they're not the Florida State of the 90s and early 2000s. As
1: no. As well. yeah. No. They're they're like uh if right now If UConn was a power five. (laughs) It is Ken Levick alive, Theo Dorsey hanging out, uh, and uh, we are here until 1 o'clock. Which college football coach took the biggest loss this weekend? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Which college football coach took the biggest L this weekend? I say Brian Kelly with his poor attempt to pay homage to John McKay's execution of his team quote, except his delivery was god-awful. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. So you know how we were discussing the Edmonton Eskimos and the fan who uh, hit my ass with the vuvuzela after the CFL game. Uh, good note by Dr. Jim Reardon, the head of the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. I had forgotten this. The Ex- uh, Eskimos changed their name. They are now the Edmonton Elks. Mm. They're the Elks, and that happened a couple of seasons ago. Actually, uh, I am behind on my Canadian Football League. Uh, but speaking of Dr. Jim Reardon, the fau MBA Sport Management Program, that thing is rolling. In fact, we're going to get new college football rankings that come out today. Well, the equivalent to that is when Sports Business comes out with its Graduate Sports Business Program rankings every single year. And look who is moving up. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program is 19th ranked in the world. Nineteenth in the world right now. That's up from 30th last year. A huge, huge bump in the rankings, internationally renowned. It's why we say it when we talk about the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. They're number fourteen in the U.S. and number three here in the state of Florida. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program is downright elite. You can get into the sports industry. This is your path. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash Sport. That's fau.edu slash Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Sign up for spring semester courses now on campus in Boca or online. That's fau.edu slash Sport. Our Florida College Football Funhouse. Our Florida College Football Whipperon. When we return, Theo Dorsey's here. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
0: Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888 760 3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Cokell.
1: going to talk all things college football in Florida just a moment Ken Levick live with Theo Dorsey hanging out with us uh, at Theo Dorsey TV on Twitter follow him Theo Dorsey here's CWPTV News Channel 5 WFLX Fox 29 making the sacrifices working the weekends so we can know what's happening in sports locally I salute you sir
3: I'm just trying to be a man of the people. I'm trying to <laughs> – I do this so y'all can
1: live. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. So, again, catch the uh, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29, and catch the Ken Levick Alive podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's free, and it comes right to your device. If you've subscribed to it, that's the Ken Levick Alive podcast. Again, wherever you get your podcast, we do it for you, and we package it up real nice in little bitty portions or in one gigantic dose. Ken Levick Alive podcast, again, wherever you you uh, you get your podcast. Uh, let's go ahead and start our Florida College Football Funhouse. We'll whip around here and talk about everything that took place in the state of Florida College Football. And Joe Rigotti, why don't we open with a team that we were talking about just a few moments ago, the Seminoles of Florida State. FSU falls to number nine, Notre Dame, 41-38 in overtime. And we've already established it. Mike Norvell Probably should have gone with Mackenzie Milton. Mackenzie Milton, I don't care who practiced better in the fall. I understand Mackenzie Milton's coming off that injury, but if he's even in the same neighborhood as Jordan Travis, which I believe he had to have been, especially if the decision is not revealed until moments before kickoff who the starting quarterback is, McKenzie Milton gives Florida State the best chance to win football games and do it now. It's not Jordan Travis. You have the sample size of what Jordan Travis is, who is athletic. Uh, He's got a good arm. Is he accurate? Not really. There's a reason that they were so reliant on uh, throwing screen passes in this game for Jordan Travis. He did hit on a big one, which was encouraging. But Mackenzie Milton, if you want sustained drives, he's the guy. He has to be the guy.
3: More experience, more precise arm, and, and it showed last not last night, but on Saturday night when they you know, made that push. So yeah, he knows now. He knows better.
1: And I think he'll get the start against Jacksonville State, and that will come up Saturday night from Tallahassee. That's what's next for Florida State. This is, and I can't believe we're saying this about FSU, mighty Florida State, but that was feel good. That was a feel good loss for Florida State. And just doing basic basic things competently that started off as a win for Florida State, and then they damn near beat Notre Dame, Mm. which would have been incredible for them. But the fact that the penalties were down, the fact that they can line up correctly, the fact that it looks like they finally have a pass rush again, the fact that it looks like they at least have an offensive line that's interested in protecting the quarterback. That's the big thing. All of those things are such vast improvements from what we saw a year ago and two years ago from Florida State, it's sort of sad that the basics coming around is where you say, "All right, thumbs up, this is going well." But that's sort of where they're at. So I suppose you take this weekend as a win for Florida State overall.
3: Yeah, if you're a Noles fan, you came into this season with very little expectation. You have a game against a top ten opponent, even though Notre Dame might be a little overrated. But you know, I think that's they Notre are. Dame.
1: I think they are. But uh, the Wisconsin transfer Jack Cohen. Uh, he, he's, he's fine. He's fine. Is he going to make Notre Dame a national championship contender? No. No? Is Mackenzie Milton, was Mackenzie Milton better than Cohen late? Yeah. I, 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 just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what Notre Dame is. I do know they're not going to compete for a national championship. If they're playing that tight, with Florida State yeah <laughs> it's just it's just not happening FSU fans uh what was your overall feeling of the weekend what was Florida State fans overall feeling after the Notre Dame game happy disappointed concerned or optimistic 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 Florida State fans your overall feeling after losing in overtime to Notre Dame on Saturday, eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Let's go ahead and focus on the debacle in Atlanta, the Miami Hurricanes and Alabama Saturday from Atlanta, and this was over immediately. 44 to 13, the final 14th ranked Hurricanes are not going to be number 14 in the new rankings today. They're about to take a tumble. Number one Alabama just doing number one Alabama things. But like we were discussing earlier, Theo, it was the complete listlessness. It was the complete inability or want to try and push Alabama, to try and establish any sort of dominance against Alabama. Even if you can't do it. Don't you think that you try and get up tempo? Don't you think that you try and have a D. Eric King push the ball down the field? Instead, it's just run, 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 run. It was sleepy. It was boring. It was uninspiring. And it turned out to be very embarrassing. We knew the Canes were going to lose. But to lose it, doing it in a boring manner, that's a bad look on Rut Lashley. That's a bad look on Manny Diaz.
3: It's a terrible look. And at least if you're going to hold on to one thing, it's... And, 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 you know, the, the Alabama probably lit up a little bit in that second half when they saw what Miami was trying out there, and they also oh, had that big lead. yeah. But at least it didn't get out of hand, I guess, if you're a Canes fan. But outside of that, it's just like, you hope that this is not the game plan going forward. You hope that Manny Diaz was saving his cards because he knew his team was going to fold anyways. And I hope we
1: stay in the top 20, you know, like, I know Miami's dropping, but can we get nights? I think they'll stay in the top 20, but I also – I really hope that it wasn't Manny Diaz trying to save something. You're on national television in a spotlight game, in a spotlight stadium for college football. Uh, In the non-conference, that is really the epicenter of college football. You get this opportunity to go up against Alabama and at least show off some of your athletes and show kids – that there still is something valuable about Miami and give kids a desire to want to go play for the Canes, and instead you formulate a game plan that was sleepy and uninspiring, what about that to these kids down here in South Florida will make them think, oh, man, I want to be a part of that. Yeah, That's good. Unless they end up having sympathy feelings, and say, oh, man, I need to go help. They need me right away. We know the Canes have talent, though. We know the talent is there, but if that's how you're utilizing it, you've made up absolutely no ground, it appears, from last year. That sucks. That really sucks. Go down swinging. Have De'Eric King try and stretch the field. Rhett Lashley, that might be where I'm more disappointed than Manny Diaz. Like, that's not Rhett Lashley. Rhett Lashley is motion. Rhett Lashley is tempo. Rhett Lashley is creating mismatches. They didn't even attempt to do any of that stuff. I mean, that just flat out sucked. The whole thing sucked. It really did. Just try. Try. And you're right. Alabama started benching guys in the second (laughs) half, and that's when Miami made up ground. And the most
3: embarrassing part for me as a Miami Hurricanes fan is the turnover chain debacle.
1: Oh, all right, so let's discuss that. Let's discuss that. And, Canes fans, how are you feeling after Saturday against Alabama? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. In a year where it definitely appears like the ACC is completely up for grabs. Oh, my goodness. Completely up for grabs. That's what you trotted out there against the number one team in the country with the country watching, with the nation watching. And let's be clear about something. This is the second time they have opened the season in a Hallmark game uh, a couple of years ago when they opened against LSU uh, in in Dallas at Jerry World where they didn't show up in that game either. So that's that's two in the last three years where they have started the season, huge stage, and they have not shown up. That's a problem. They, they they can't compete really with anything in the SEC, and when they go about it, doing it in a sleepy fashion, that just compounds the problem. But, Canes fans, how are you feeling after Saturday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We are going to get to the, the turnover chain debacle Embarrassing. because that probably never should have happened. Uh, Jim is in Jupiter. Jim, you're on Ken LeVick Alive. What's up, Jim?
2: Yeah, hey there, Ken. Um, a couple of... Uh polls have already dropped them to 25. The official AP and coaches poll hasn't come out yet, but they have these other SI polls and a yeah, few others. Yeah, sure. That po- that so, they're really- the big thing for me was, um, I'm sorry, the big thing for me was I just don't think the Eric was – at full strength because there was no run-pass option the entire none. game.
1: Absolutely none. And we were talking about it earlier, and Jim, you might be right. Like, he, Theo brought it up. He might be dinged up. They they may just be limiting his contact. That also is a problem, though, if that's the case.
2: I, I can't think of any other reason why they...
1: Yeah. Because, because before he got
2: hurt last year in the bowl game, that that was their biggest run. I mean, the, the biggest runs all year were, were him yeah. and his runs set up... Uh, uh, is it Cam? I forget the other fullback or the running back, Cam Hendren or whatever his name is. I apologize, but uh, I think that's the big issue there. I don't think anybody was focusing on him running, and they were able to shut down the run because there was no De'Aaron King to worry about. That's my two cents. Thank yeah, you.
1: yeah, uh, and it makes sense. But when I when I think Ret Lashley, he 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 has an established offensive mind enough to try and overcome. Derrick King's physical shortcomings, and maybe he's still, and he said he got his knee knocked in the second half. Maybe he still has some soreness from the ACL injury. I don't know. This is all speculation.
3: It's less than a year from that ACL yeah, injury.
1: But Rhett, like, Rhett Lashley needs to be better. That needs to be a better game plan. If they don't have their full RPO options, you need to figure out a way to get other people involved. That's why you were brought to Miami. That's why you're considered this innovative offensive mind. What he did at SMU was he created mismatches and tempo and speed and that's what brought them back. This was non-competitive. Non-competitive at all. And it was non-competitive while being boring and that's an issue because that is how you develop a reputation. That's how you get hurt in recruiting. That was not there was nothing positive about Miami on Saturday and then there's the turnover chain. Mm. So that's really a big pull. Like that's the identity. That's fun. That's what everybody can rally around. You're down 27 to nothing, <laughs> okay? And you recover a fumble that ends up not being a fumble. So you have to meekly take the turnover chain off after celebrating with it and tuck it back in its little case. Mm. But at 27 to nothing, you
3: don't need that turnover
1: chain doesn't need to come out at all. Mm. And I'm all for fun. I'm all for doing things outside the box. I'm all for the flash and the glam and the cockiness of the turnover chain. I love that thing. I don't think that it's run its course. Roll it out every year. But when you're done 27 nothing and you're getting your face kicked in on national television, that thing cannot see. It cannot see the light of day. It just can't.
3: Yeah, there's got to be a protocol there. And that's the first time it really came up, especially in the national spotlight. I'm not sure if it happened in one of those games nobody was paying attention to because Miami is starting to sadly turn into that kind of program because they build up the hype and then they get blown out in big games. But to bring out the chain... Down 27 zip. Like Manny Diaz, somebody on that sideline has to be like, no. Yeah, this is a bad idea. The equipment manager, somebody, because I was already embarrassed when we brought the chain out. But <laughs> and then, to- <laughs> uh, yeah, that
1: was like double embarrassment, right? It's embarrassing to bring it out down 27 um, to nothing, and then when you have to. Like, meekly, oh, no, that wasn't a turnover. Put it back in the box. That's awful. As soon as they started
3: reviewing it, he should have took it off quickly while they're still showing the replays (laughs) on TV. so the cameras can't catch him.
1: Right, right. Quick, quick, take this, take this. Put it back in the box. (laughs) Oh, there was nothing good about Saturday for Miami. Uh, So, Canes fans, how you feeling after that? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. And uh, tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. It's our Florida College Football Funhouse on a Tuesday, coming off a long weekend. Let's go to Gainesville, where number thirteen Florida took down Florida Atlantic, thirty-five to fourteen. Let's do this in two parts here because I do want to talk some FAU. I'm the play-by-play voice of Florida Atlantic, and it's my show. Damn it, I can do what I want. But let's start with the Gators. Emory Jones, the new quarterback, replacing Kyle Trask. Eh. Mm. That, that, that is my scouting report on Emory Jones, especially with Alabama coming into Gainesville in two weeks. My official scouting report on Emory Jones is eh. All right. He's fast. He apparently is able to run the offense better than Anthony Richardson, his backup but he got baited into two bad interceptions by FAU's defense on Saturday, one in the end zone, uh, the other on an out route to the sideline. He got stuffed on a fourth and goal from the two. There are weird moments where he waits way too long to make a decision with the football. Uh, they do have an element of RPO where he is not in sync with his, his tailbacks at all. Emery Jones is just sort of and then his backup Anthony Richardson is a freak of nature. 6'3", mm. 236 and he's he is racing past, I mean flying by defenders, running like 45 46 stuff down the sideline for touchdowns. He's a freak, but he also is not much of a throwing option. So I don't know what Dan Mullen does. Like the Gators are good and I think that offensive line is vastly improved. I think that defense isn't vastly improved, but it's better. It's better. They've got a good pass rush. At quarterback, I don't know how you compete with Alabama. I don't know how you compete with Georgia with those two options right now at quarterback. Oh, you don't. You don't. You just don't. <laughs> I mean, Emory Jones is not good enough to beat Georgia. He's just not. And he's sure as hell not good enough to beat Alabama. Dan Mullen's going to have to get weird. But the real question is, who is? Who is? Because Alabama is foolproof. They have,
3: like, an all-American yeah. kicker. They have an all-American quarterback.
1: Forget Alabama. What yeah. about Georgia,
3: then? they Well, that defense is is ridiculous, you know. So, I don't know, like, what Florida's outlook is. I don't know how, like, ambitious these fans are. You know, I'm not – I don't have a lot of Florida Gators guys on my timeline on Twitter, but you can't have – you can't possibly have high expectations for this team in the SEC this year
1: yeah it, it just it seems like a transition year for Florida and I know the expectation is beat Georgia the expectation is always going to be well let's win the East let's at least get to the SEC title game and take our shot and maybe pull off something shocking like they almost did last year against yep. Alabama but there is there is going to be a drop off in offensive production those running backs those veteran running backs uh Damian Pierce is awesome but they're not going to be able to do it all. Demarcus Bowman is awesome. They're not going to be able to do it all. Emory Jones is not a solid quarterback. Anthony Richardson is a freak. But how many design runs can you set him up on before SEC teams finally figure you out? Can
3: I try something here with him? Can I do a cross racial comparison? Because sure. We don't do enough of those.
1: We don't because we always just do in racial comparisons yeah. and it's really lazy. I yeah. like
3: where you're going. Please do, Theo. I'm going to give Richardson the Taysom Hill treatment. I think he is like their utility. Doesn't he play some special teams, too? He's like running down yeah. on kicks. Well, they
1: had him out there as a receiver on the Hail Mary at the end of the first half.
3: Right, so he's a Hail Mary receiver. Yeah. He's lining up that receiver a couple other times. He's quarterback, and he's obviously running the ball when he is. I think he has that Taysom Hill element to that offense. That's probably why he's not the starter, but neither one of them are going to be good enough to compete in the SEC at a high level. But. I do like that Taysom Hill type comparison. I kinda, and I'm I kinda, sticking with it.
1: I kind of like that uh, that comparison, except he is a lot faster. Yeah. than Taysom Hill is. I mean, he <laughs> is terrifying. Gators fans, how are you feeling? There appears to be a hole at quarterback. The defense, I think. Is improved. I think it's improved. I know for a fact the offensive line is improved. They have upgraded in some areas. Uh I don't know if it's enough for Todd Grantham to stick around after this year defensively, but they are better on defense. They are better. There it's gonna help them hang in some games, I think, which was a vast departure from a year ago. But Gators fans, how do you feel after the win over FAU? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. 3776. 760 3776, our Florida College football funhouse. Let's focus real quick on FAU. Willie Taggart's squad going into Gainesville and again losing 35 to 14. Nicozy Perry looked really comfortable. He looked comfortable as FAU's quarterback. Did he uh, miss on some plays that were there? Early on, he missed new uh, running back Johnny Ford uh, from USF, the USF transfer on a deep ball that would have been a touchdown. Uh, he missed deep uh, on another play in the third quarter. But FAU was in the Florida territory every possession of the first half. I mean, Nicozi marched him down the field, he was accurate. Uh, and he's got weapons, uh, and I think that once FAU gets back into group of five play like they're going to this weekend with Georgia Southern, then they go to Air Force, there are going to be a lot of yards to be had for this FAU offense. Nikosi Perry looks like a guy that's ready to finally break out now that he's not going to have the weight of the world, the Miami world, on his shoulders. I was impressed by Nikosi Perry.
3: They're, the Owls' run defense is really getting tested in these first few weeks, right? Like- yeah, Definitely. <laughs>
1: Definitely, and they did not look good against Florida. The run defense was just not there. There was no pass rush either any time. That's what made me concerned about Embry-Jones, too, is that FAU did not pressure him at all. I mean, he was standing in the pocket and still struggling at times to complete passes, and the FAU back seven is good, but, man, they got dinged badly on the ground, Yeah, badly, and that is not going to bode well for Georgia Southern this Saturday, an option team. Then they go play another option team in Air Force, in the altitude in two weeks so they're going to have to make some some improvements the back seven is fine. The pass defense is going to be fine. The rush defense looks a little bit dicey. The offense is going to be much better than it was a year ago, uh, with especially because Nikosi Perry is FAU starting quarterback. FAU fans, you get this treatment as well. How are you feeling after the Florida game? You can tweet at us or call 888 760 3776 or call or uh, tweet rather at ESPN West Palm. Our final two here as we uh, whip around in our Florida College Football Funhouse. Let's go to Orlando, and let's go to UCF. Now, we know what happened last week, this game last week. UCF taking out Boise State, a big comeback, 36-31. My big takeaway from this is Gus Malzahn is wearing Hawaiian shirts now to his press conferences. He has fully embraced the UCF lifestyle, and they're good. They're really, really good, and they're fun, and I think that Gus Malzahn truly appreciates being at UCF. I got
3: to be honest. I didn't catch that game, but I got to now look up Gus Malzahn in this Hawaiian shirt.
1: Just check out what he was wearing today to his his week opening press conference. Yeah. just take a look. He is fully settled in. He is fully settled in. Uh, and that is the extent of what I have on UCF. <laughs> now let's go to what is the worst program in the state of Florida, and that is USF. Oh my God! Also last week, forty-five nothing drubbing at the hands of NC State. They have three quarterbacks and they have no quarterbacks. They're a wreck. Uh, They don't have any defense to speak of. They're a wreck. They don't have an offensive line to speak of. They've got a couple of skilled position players. USF is flat out bad. USF is flat out maybe one of the worst programs in the country. It's bad. What a long way they have fallen. And I know this was a bit of a reclamation project, but they got a lot of work to do. Yeah. It's awful.
3: I almost feel bad talking about them and not like FAMU or something like that. Another <laughs> D one school, and I think they're on FAMU's schedule this year, so yep. maybe we'll see. They'll they'll battle it out, and uh, you know, FAMU just dropped to what Jackson State in the Orange Blossom Classic, yeah. which is huge. But I have nothing on USF, so
1: I I do like the idea. We should get an HBCU uh update from Theo each Monday,
3: every month. Let me know because okay. especially because I think it would be dope to bring in that FAMU band. You, I like all of these other college bands we got with the intros. But making it's making this not, segment. It's not fam. That Famu band was amazing. I, I was out there at Hard Rock Stadium this past uh, Saturday uh, when Jackson State taking yeah. on Famu, and that was. Man, that halftime show was better than the football as per usual.
1: I love when uh, when FAMU comes down to play the Canes and everybody sticks around until halftime to see the FAMU band and then everybody just gets out because it's, it's like 45 to nothing at that point. So, <laughs> But, yeah, that, that's the draw. That is the draw. And that is your Florida college football fun house. We do it every single End of weekend, start of week, I should say, and especially with the long weekend, had a lot of catching up to do. When we return here on Ken LaVica Live, we are going to get to the coolest moment of the week, and we're giving you a chance to win a $50, $50 $50 Stormhouse gift card. We're playing a little college football coaching trivia. He's Theo Dorsey. I'm Ken LaVica. I'm live on ESPN 1063.
0: Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888 760 3776. It's Ken Lavicka Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken Lavicka and Chris Coquel.
1: I've got some... Important news for those of you who sleep naked. I'll get to that in just a moment. Ken Levick alive, Theo Dorsey hanging out. Uh, I noticed his interest was piqued, by the way, when uh, when I mentioned uh, what we're about to talk about. Theo Dorsey, <laughs> WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. And again, as we established, uh, he has to work Sunday, so he's not going to get his full NFL experience this year. Because on the TV side, it's just thankless. You think that they're living the life, but it is a grind. But... He is going to get his fix on Thursday nights. You'll be able to to watch in full on Thursday from the comfort oh, yeah. of your couch. But you also were talking about during the break that you like to watch NFL and, and like trash talk. Oh, like, I love it. So that's a big – you you like to kind of be in people's business during, uh, during NFL games. So this is tough for you.
3: This is tough for me. I would either be on my couch FaceTiming somebody I'm – Killing in fantasy football. <laughs> uh, Don't let my team be playing so, your team because I'm coming to your house and watching the game with so you.
1: So, is this fantasy football trash talk or is this like team on team trash talk? Uh, is it mostly fantasy where you're where you're getting on people?
3: I get it wherever I can get it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> if I know you're a huge Buccaneers fan. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're a troll. Yeah. You're an, I'm a an troll. NFL troll. <laughs> I'm a troll. Theo
1: Dorsey is an NFL troll, but he doesn't just do it online. He wants to FaceTime you yes. and watch you suffer. Yes, man. Is- that is that is severe. I get
3: so much. And now I get why Twitter trolls are the way they are. Because I get <laughs> you now when you're you related to me, call me a troll, then yeah. I get so much the endorphins. What, what's the stuff in your, the, in your brain that just goes off when good things are happening?
1: Uh, is it yeah. endorphins? Uh, yeah, endorphins. Is that the right word? Yeah. It didn't feel right. No, I endorphins. think of that. Yeah, endorphins.
3: I get that is overload when I get to watch your team lose yeah. or my team beat yours that's even better and it, it's
1: It's just, a it's a natural high that is. you get. Yeah. You are you are hilarious. So now this is another thing. So we're going to get the HBCU update from Theo at the beginning of every week, yes. but I also want to do a segment Theo Dorsey professional football troll where he just comes in and trolls someone or some team each week. I think that that's a brilliant idea. Theo, you're hired. I know you're going to be on Josh Cohen and the Home Team Fridays, uh, 3 to 5 here on ESPN 106.3, but I want to find a way to, on, on Tuesdays after the final NFL game, uh, have, have Theo Dorsey professional football troll. Oh,
3: I could, I could get one awesome. every single week. Right, perfect. Every single week. I'm going to write that
1: down so I don't forget that, actually. <laughs> Theo Football Troll. Alright, uh, Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Real quick, before we get to our coolest moment of the week, uh, brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning, I want to tell you about Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. If you have been injured, whether it's a car accident, a boating accident, a motorcycle accident, a slip and fall, you need someone that's going to fight for you. If you've been done wrong you have compensation that you deserve and you need someone you can trust and that's where pat lawler and lawler and associates come in they have decades of trial experience they have really seen it all they have helped countless countless people get what they deserve it is an unfair world out there and everybody's trying to take advantage of you and what really sucks is when you're trying to fight for yourself and your representation is trying to take advantage of you. That's why you can trust Pat Lawler and Lawler & Associates, because they want to fight for you. They want to make sure that they are helping you to get what you deserve. That's Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Go to WantToLawyerUp.com. Get your free consultation. WantToLawyerUp.com. Pat Lawler, great friend of mine. It's why I talk about him, because I trust him, and I know he does great things. That's Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Again, want to lawyerup.com uh let's go ahead joe joe rigotti captain competent and get in to our eds air conditioning coolest moment of the week
0: time now for the coolest moment of the week cool cool yeah the coolest moment of the week is brought to you by eds air
1: conditioning all right let's go to sunday night we've been talking about florida state Mackenzie Milton comes in after Jordan Travis loses his helmet on a play. How wild is that going to be if Florida State falls face first into the right quarterback because the other one simply had his helmet come off in the fourth quarter against Notre Dame. But Mackenzie Milton, since the injury that threatened his life at UCF, goes on to recover, transfer to Florida State, and this was what his first pass completion since that tragedy sounded like on ABC. The
2: injury that he suffered in November of 2018, and now he comes into the game here. Mackenzie Milton to pass. Welcome back to college football. Mackenzie Milton was a top 10 Heisman finisher in 2017 and 2018 suffered the catastrophic knee injury there was nerve damage there was artery damage his surgeon said it's a miracle that he would walk without pain
1: and mckenzie milton the story of the weekend i think in college football and definitely rds air conditioning coolest moment of the week and i'll say it again we've said it several times mckenzie milton should be florida state's starting quarterback
3: yeah, the whole nation was rooting for him. I'm a Canes fan, and I was still rooting for him because it's just a nice story. It's a good story, similar to like the Alex Smith experience in the NFL. Yep,
1: without without a doubt. Uh, and so, Mackenzie Milton, the coolest moment of the week, brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning. EDS Air Conditioning, uh, they are really, really key this time of year. In case you haven't been outside yet today, I advise you not to go outside because it is disgusting. It is awful. Awful. It is hot. It is muggy. It is gross. And if your AC goes out, that's going to be your home. That's what your house is going to feel like. That's what your condo is going to feel like. That's what your apartment is going to feel like. You need someone that can help you and do it in a quick manner, and that's EDS air conditioning. They get it. They understand. Especially this time of year, you can't go without air conditioning. Not here. Not in South Florida. They are going to schedule appointment times around you. They don't want you to spend more time in your really hot household, then you have to. They are going to do their best to work around you and not hold you hostage like a lot of other AC companies do. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. They've been doing it since 2006. They service Palm Beach County and South Florida. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. They're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. They're using the best equipment. EDS is yes. EDSAirConditioning.com or call 561-316-8799. That's 561- one three one six eight seven nine nine eds is yes eds air conditioning all right so uh, before we get into our stormhouse brewing trivia real quick uh, theo when when you sleep are you like a shorts guy are you a shorts and uh uh, a shirt guy. What is the, what's the what's the the sleep apparel for Theo Dorsey?
3: I cannot sleep with a shirt on or socks on. That's my main thing, but I always, I, I'm not a naked guy. I definitely have to have definitely some draw. Definitely not a
1: naked guy. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and record that. Theo Dorsey, not a <laughs> naked guy. Can't be running free in the bed like that. <laughs> See, I'm with you, though. I can't, I don't like everything just sort of like hanging loose in the bed. Yeah. I, I don't, for whatever reason, it's not comfortable to don't me. Don't sit right I don't like, yeah, nah. I, yeah, like literally it doesn't sit right with me. Like, it's, just, it's just like all there on the bed i don't want that um i do know several people though that do sleep naked this is a story uh from the mirror in uh, the united kingdom a doctor has put an end to the age-old debate as to whether you should wear uh sleep naked or wear pajamas to bed the doctor went to tiktok and posted a video claiming you should never sleep naked and there's a surprising reason why anthony yoon md uh who regularly posts on tiktok says that you should not sleep naked because the average person, quote, farts 15 to 25 times a day, and that can leave fecal matter mm. in your bed. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, that for me, that is enough to yeah. uh, justify my decision not to sleep naked. But again, it's just not comfortable.
3: It's not, I don't understand. I guess for women, I can see how it being comfortable because it's sure. not as, you know, like yeah. you don't have things kind of mm-hmm. leaning left mm-hmm. and right mm-hmm. and whatnot. But I need some control down there, <laughs> and I don't also want it to be like, yeah. you know, meet the sheet i don't like that and, and, and
1: meet the sheet <laughs> you also bring up a point about socks who are the weirdos that sleep in socks mm. who are you people i know you exist but the fact that theo even has to qualify all of this with i will not wear socks to sleep i thought that was a given who wears socks to bed this isn't uh, uh, th- th- this isn't alaska you don't need <laughs> socks at night at all yeah. ever That's not comfortable at all. It's a no-go. People, I will judge you if you sleep in socks. That is a judgmental action, sleeping in socks. There's no excuse for that at
3: all. Yeah, no At place for all. that. No. In, in fact, if I was dating a woman and she slept in
1: socks... Deal breaker. Deal, it's over with. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> all because all because of the unforgivable sin of wearing socks mm. to bed. Uh, let's go ahead and give away a $50 gift card to Stormhouse Brewing, shall we? Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach, half mile south of PGA Boulevard, US 1, Crystal Cove Commons. It's where you should watch all your sports. It's where you should enjoy their delicious craft beer brewed on site by their German taught master brewer and and their full menu. No craft brewery has a full menu. I don't know why they 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 just refuse to do it. Stormhouse Brewing says that's dumb. We have a full menu. That's why I love them. Stormhouse Brewing, stormhousebrewing.com. Find out what they got going on there is something almost every single day. Little college football coaching trivia, okay? College football ch- coaching trivia, $50 gift card to Stormhouse Brewing. And here is the question. We started talking about Brian Kelly, okay? Who was the Notre Dame coach before Brian Kelly, who's now in his 11th season? Who was the Notre Dame coach before Brian Kelly? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Who was the Notre Dame coach before Brian Kelly, a $50 gift card to Stormhouse Brewing. 5-0, $50 gift card to Stormhouse Brewing. Who was the Notre Dame coach before Brian Kelly? 888 760- really?
3: I'm don't. Have, I i I'm clueless. I can only picture Brian Kelly on the sidelines right now. You
1: know what? It's been 11 years. It has been 11 years. I didn't realize he's been there that long, mm. but I remember this, this man vividly. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's start with Derek in West Palm. Derek, who was the Notre Dame coach before Brian Kelly?
2: It was the big man, Charlie Weiss.
1: Oh! It was the big man, Charlie Weiss. (laughs) That is absolutely correct. Derek in West Palm, uh, you have won a $50 gift card to Stormhouse Brewing. Well done. Uh, And I'm not sure, and appreciate it, uh, Derek. Uh, I'm not sure we needed to qualify with the big man, Charlie Weiss. (laughs) But yes, I suppose... He was a big man. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe I forgot about Charlie Weiss. It's been 11 years, man. You're younger yeah. than me. So. I was a kid when Charlie yeah. Weiss was, Yeah. How
3: old are you now? I'm 28. So that was, what, 11 years ago? Yeah. I guess I was only 17.
1: I am old as hell, man. <laughs> 27. I'm... I'm 37 years old, man. Really? Yes. You don't look
3: it. That's because you run and stuff like that. Though. I try to
1: stay in shape, but man, I'm starting to feel all of 37. The kids. I'm telling you, it's the kids mm. that are. I'm gonna start sleeping in socks soon. Like I feel like that's <laughs> when your life is over. When I already wear sweatpants a lot, and once the socks come on at bedtime, then you're really done. It's over with, man. You Just cashed in. Theo, awesome stuff, man. Thanks for hanging out. Hey. And, and we're going to get these segments going. I love the idea of Theo Dorsey, professional football troll. That's oh yeah. happening.
3: I'll be back. I, I can't wait to do that. I'll, I'll craft it. something up every week. It'll I'll be, be back.
1: Awesome. Theo Dorsey again. You see him. TV News Channel 5. WFLX Fox 29. Part of our outstanding TV coverage. Captain Competent Joe Rigotti just oozing competence once again. I'm Ken Levick. I've been live on ESPN 106.3. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.